We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here without the old man, Andreas Hale. If you haven't listened to our MMA show, make sure you guys go back and check that out. I explained the old man is in Mexico for a wedding that he is in. So he's enjoying the beach, the sun, the nice weather for the next week. I'll be holding it down on the show later on this week. Producer Cole. Bebe will be joining me to talk pro wrestling. We'll be recording that as I'm in New York for Teofimo Lopez for Sander Martin at the Garden. We'll talk about that fight in a little while on this show. That card is stacked at Madison Square Garden. But this whole weekend is stacked in boxing. Terrence Cross- Crawford returns to the ring in Nebraska, defending his title, coming back not against Errol Spence, how people wanted but it's nice to see Bud in the ring after over a year outside of it. His last fight was against Sean Porter. That's how crazy it is. Now Sean's in here, Blue Iron Studios every week, doing his podcast. That was the last time, last time Terrence Crawford was in the ring. So we'll preview Terrence Crawford's fight. Chris Cyborg is on that fight as well as the co-main boxing in her second professional boxing match. So we'll talk about that one. We also have the return of Manny Pacquiao. Kind of. He's fighting in his first exhibition fight. It's so funny to me. Him and Floyd have been paired together their entire careers. And now Floyd is doing all these exhibitions. And Manny's like, well, I didn't win president of the Philippines. So might as well make some money. So Manny Pacquiao is in South Korea for his exhibition this week. We'll touch on that card. Mick Conlon's fighting overseas. And DAZN has a card featuring Ebony Bridges defending her title. Always exciting. On that one. So if you're keeping count, five boxing cards this weekend. Oh, and we got to talk about Noyoa Inouye defending his title in Japan on Tuesday, going for undisputed versus Paul Butler. Number one pound for pound on many people's list. Inouye is, is definitely up there. Becoming undisputed will probably solidify that. And then it's probably on to 122. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about his options when we get to that fight a little later on. But as we begin this show, one thing I wanted to ask, I want to ask you guys, because I'm thinking about this. 
and honestly, taking recommendations. It's a packed boxing slate coming up. This week, we had the press conference for Javante Davis going and having his tune-up fight in D.C. January 7th in his backyard because he already signed to fight Ryan Garcia in April. I think it's a day right. He's fighting Ryan Garcia in April. Ryan Garcia is trying to lock up a tune-up fight as well for January. Reports are that it might be in Austin, Texas. No, his family's in Austin, Texas. Producer Cole, baby. Okay, yeah, Producer Cole, baby. Come down to uh, Austin, Texas. Show me around for a fight week. But that got me thinking. All right, I didn't go to the Tyson Fury fight, which we also got to recap in London. I'm looking to then travel a little more in January. Is Washington, D.C. overrated? I... I haven't been there, full disclosure, 15 years. I haven't been to D.C. I haven't been to D.C. as like a full-fledged adult. I went there when, last time, when I was 17, somewhere around there, 17, 18, so maybe a little over 15 years. And now I'm looking into it. I'm looking for hotels. I'm looking to see where I can stay. And I'm like, cool, I'm going there for work, but I like to enjoy the city while I'm there. Outside of museums and the monuments, doesn't look like there's much to do in Washington, D.C. I ain't gonna lie. And I now understand why people call it the DMV, right? Because, like, you really, really gotta look into Maryland. You gotta look into Virginia. You gotta include all that to make the area kind of look dope. Because I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at something simple, like, yo, where am I gonna eat? Like, where's the good restaurants? Nothing jumping off the page to me. And I know a ton of listeners are in D.C. and they're gonna be like, blasphemous! Like, our city's great. I'm like, uh, I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, I'm looking. The hotels look cool. So I'm like, cool, I get to stay in, like, a nice hotel. And my wife has never been, so she might come with me, dependent, um, to just check things out. And maybe I could show her some of the tourism things. Because I've done, like, the Smithsonian before. I've I've seen the the Lincoln Memorial, I believe it is. I saw the... Um, the giant pond. I, I've seen all that. Like, and that's cool. Like, cause I like historical things, but like how many times do I have to really see that? And then I'm just like, now I'm trying to do like cool grown adult stuff and it's tank and it's chocolate city. And like, I'm not trying to get shot, but I want to like party kind of like a lounge, some real grown and sexy. And I just can't find anything in DC. So I'm low key. Thinking about going to Ryan Garcia in Austin, because I've been to Austin. Austin's phenomenal. And, like, Austin food is great. And breakfast tacos are, like, the most underrated thing and meal in the South because breakfast tacos are delicious. And, of course, their barbecue's incredible as well. Uh, my boy, Big Mac, Ryan McKinnell, always talks about going down to Austin. Goes down there a lot uh, for Busted Open Radio. Mark Henry's from down there. And he's like, yo, all the food spots are great. Mark knows all the stuff. I'm going to get the list of recommendations from him. Austin just seems like the better fight to attend. Now, maybe I could go to both. But would I be hype? Probably not. D.C. just, something about D.C. ain't doing it for me. So I just had to ask, because I know a lot of our listeners, shout out to you guys. I saw a ton go to WWE. I believe they were in D.C. this past weekend for SmackDown. ton of people went out, enjoyed the show. It was raw, matter of fact. Um, in D.C., went out there, enjoyed it, had a blast. I was like, yo, that looks cool. What do y'all do after SmackDown? What do you do after Raw? Nothing. You probably just go home. Because it. I swear, I haven't found anything like 
super dope about it yet. So if I'm wrong, please let me know. I'm trying to have a good time in D.C. if I go out there. And it's brick cold. So it's January 7th. It's going to be stupid cold. I just bought my first coat. I got to wear it out there. So do something to pick up my spirits and let me know D.C. is dope. Give me recommendations. Hit me up, whether it's Instagram, my DMs. Hit me up on Twitter, um, on the timeline DMs. Just, just let me know. Let me know what there is to do in D.C. And if y'all give me a bunch of Maryland stuff, a bunch of Virginia stuff, I'm going to look at y'all sideways. What is good about D.C.? That's not to say I won't do those other things. But what is good about D.C.? Let me know. Because right now, look a little overrated as a city. And this, is, I understand New York bias, New York boy through and through. There's a million things to do in New York. I'm just, I'm looking for that same, that, that hometown flavor of D.C. If you close, let me know. I need to know what the, what the hometown folk do there for fun. Because I ain't trying to be out there freezing and bored to death. I can't do it. I really can't. So I appreciate y'all. Hit me up. Give me those tips. Now let's dive into boxing. Because last week, major fight, Tyson Fury in London, defending his WBC heavyweight title. And Derek Chisora coming off a good win in his last fight. But a fight people thought maybe it was a toss-up. It elongated his career. And him and Tyson Fury are boys. They never said that they weren't. They never acted like they hated each other or they weren't friendly. It was a very calm and friendly fight week, as much as it can be for Tyson Fury. Most of his conversations, most of his talk, most of his trash talk was about Usyk, the little middleweights as he calls him. It was about Anthony Joshua. I think he called him a sausage. <laughs> he told him, grow a pair of balls because he wouldn't take the fight. All his trash talk were about other people. I'm looking at this like, I think he should run through Derek Chisora, but I'm not sure if he wants to. I can see why people are like, yo, you got to defend your belt. You want to stay active. You just unretired. You want to give your friend a check. They fought twice before. It's one of the trilogies that make no sense. Tyson Fury won by decision the first time, knocked him out the second time. So it's just like, okay, we're doing this again. So going into this fight, kind of like Luster, we get to fight night and the atmosphere looks amazing. So it's in, let me try to get Totten, Totten, I don't know, Tottenham. It's the football club stadium out there. Looks incredible. I don't know where it is in London. It might be in Tottenham, in London, in England. Um, fans came out 80,000 deep, and which is impressive because the World Cup was going right up against it. I believe Brazil was playing that night. Like, there was a good World Cup game that night. So people must have went straight from the pubs, watching the World Cup, right into the stadium. Like, probably got there for the co-main. But by the time the main event was starting, Place was rocking. They have the fireworks all set up. The entrances were amazing. Chisora's entrance looked great, but Fury's entrances are always, always great in the UK. And it felt like a heavyweight fight. It felt big. It felt grandiose, right? It's the same atmosphere for years that we saw Anthony Joshua enjoy. And people were like, yo, he gets all the pyro. And these fights are amazing. He's such a big star. Well, now Tyson Fury does this too against anybody. Chisora is not like a dangerous opponent. These people still showed up and showed out. It's just something special about boxing in the UK 
when they show up for one of their own. Which gets me thinking, how crazy would a Canelo fight be in Mexico? Like Stadium Azteca? Just, what does that hold? Like, uh, Nelson's in the booth. How many people can go into Stadium Azteca, Nelson? It's like 100,000. 100, Something stupid. Like, 100,000 Mexican fans for Canelo? How, how wild would that be? Like, I want to see that. Selfishly. And it looks like he's taking a tuna fight, coming back uh, against John Ryder, I believe, in Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo weekend in Mexico? Stadium Azteca for Canelo? We just got to see this once. And it's not every day where he can fight someone that is a tune-up anymore. He has too many belts. He has too many big, big money fights. This is the perfect fight to put in Mexico. I know Eddie Hearn's talking about taking this to the UK, and yeah, the fans will be great over there. And Canelo wants to expand his brand. Go home, though. Like, it, it's ready-made for that. So I'm watching the Tyson Fury entrance and everything, and the week before I saw Canelo on the sideline for the NFL game in Mexico, in that very stadium, and everyone going crazy because Canelo's there. You know, I heard, like, a lot of Mexicans in Mexico don't really mess with Canelo, and they don't really like him. But that's cool. Then he'll just play the Floyd role. Then he's the villain when he goes down there. And they boo him. I'm, I'm all right with that too. Whatever you want. I just need to see 100,000 in there watching Canelo. And that's a fight I'll travel to. That's no disrespect to DC. But you'll have, you'll have no problem getting me to go to Mexico to watch Canelo Alvarez. So uh, hopefully we get that fight. But I digress. Getting back, Tyson Fury. The fight starts. Fury's never in any trouble. Derek Chisora probably landed, and no exaggeration, four punches of consequence in that fight. Four. And Fury probably let him land three of them. But he got to the point around the fifth and sixth round where you're just like, I kind of feel bad for this guy. Because Tyson Fury, whenever he opened up his hands, was just landing uppercut after uppercut. And then one, two, one, two. The lunging right, just landing its mark. And, and the length difference, staggering. So the reach, and when Fury uses the shoulder roll, which he used a lot in that fight, and he can stick the jab out with one arm, so you got the full reach of his left arm, and then the other right hand coming all the way from as far as possible to hit you across his body. It's, it's just something where you're like, damn, big guys, they should be in the shell, just two hands up, charging you like like a juggernaut, like Joe Joyce, who we'll talk about in a second. But no, Fury can do things that, that lighter fighters do. 147, 154. Stylistically switching between orthodox and southpaw without a worry. Easy. And people are like, oh, well, he looked bigger than he usually does. He didn't look as fast. He didn't need to. Trust, he did not train for this fight like he would train for Alexander Usyk. Or like he trained for Deontay Wilder. He did not. It's a different beast. Tyson Fury has levels. And he'll ramp it back up. He didn't need to in this fight. Still wildly impressive. So you get all the way to the 10th round. And finally, the corner doesn't stop it. Which they had a chance in the 8th and ninth to throw in the towel. And no one would have blinked an eye. Fury can't put Chisora out. He can't put him down. Chisora's chin, for what it's worth, was great in this fight. Fury can't flatten him, even though he hit him clean, constantly. And the ref finally takes mercy on him. 
And it gets to the point where it's just like, how many times in boxing do we have to see this where save your fighter? The check cleared. He, he ain't a young prospect. He got none to come back and, and pull an upset for. He's not going to do it. He showed nothing in this fight that he can land at all on Fury, let alone something to knock him out. The check's there. He ain't quitting. But as a corner, yo, it cleared. We got to get out of here. Man got a family. To quote Heath Slater, man got kids. There's no reason for him to just be in there getting pummeled after a career long of exciting and dynamic fights. Sometimes you got to save the fighter from himself. And the corner didn't do that. The corner failed him. But the ref didn't. So if Tyson Fury gets the TKO victory. This is now four straight stoppage victories, by the way, by Tyson Fury. And I believe ever since Sugar Hill got with Tyson Fury, there's not been a decision. Sugar Hill has turned Tyson Fury, and I'm going to say it, hot take alert, set the alarm. Tyson Fury is the most dangerous puncher in boxing. He's knocked out the most dangerous puncher arguably in boxing history twice. And then stopped two other fighters. One in devastating fashion with an uppercut. So you look at that and sitting on his punches and trading and being able to take a punch to give a punch. Tyson Fury is the most powerful heavyweight in the world right now. I know you look at Joe Joe Joyce. All right, cool. He ain't Tyson Fury. Anthony Joshua has some power. Got no chin. Want to stand and trade with the Gypsy King? And I haven't seen that power in a long time. Long time. Since before Ruiz. One. Andy Ruiz won. I haven't seen it since. Tyson Fury is the biggest puncher in the boxing game right now. And you can't even dispute that. Oh, and he's the most skilled. And he's arguably the quickest. As good as Usyk is, and he's smaller, and I understand he came from Cruiser. He's not quicker than Tyson Fury. He's not. He looks lean, smaller. He's not faster. He's not quicker. And if you watch Tyson Fury in the ring, if you're there seeing him up close, kill this man. He's dancing. He moves, his, he moves around the ring as graceful as, as Canelo, as graceful as someone at 160, 168. You shouldn't do that at that size. And now the punching power is there. Four straight stoppages. Crazy to think about. And then Fury gets a celebration. Then we get the, the sharing of the burgers in the locker room. They have good taste. They got five guys. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of five guys. If it didn't cost $40 for a meal, I would go there more often. But you get the sharing of the burgers between Chisora, who he does with every opponent, Tyson Fury. And Chisora's like, I can't even eat my burger. My jaw hurts too much. I can't move my chin to eat this burger and enjoy it. That's not how the fight had to have ended. It isn't. The corner could have saved him way before that. That burger could have been delicious. Could have got a chocolate shake with it. Could have been fine. So it's one of those where it's like, Chisora, if this is it, you leave with the bag. If it's not, man, I don't need him to be fed to someone else. Maybe he will be, but I don't need it. This is one of those where I'm not sure a fight's going to get bigger for you. Walk away. You don't have to fight Joe Joyce. Names come up a lot. We'll get there. It's okay to walk away after this. Now Tyson Fury after, before the hamburgers and everything, back up. He's in the ring. 
He calls out Oleksandr Usyk, who's in the crowd. Usyk comes up. He's trying to trash talk Usyk. Usyk was just very feel. Didn't break. Didn't cave to Fury. Doesn't play into the mind games. Joe Joyce comes up. Says if the little middleweight won't sign, Joyce, you're next. Everyone's scared of you. I'll fight you. Be one hell of a fight. I think Fury's too quick and, and agile, but I don't think he knocks out Joyce. I think he has to dance around and for the first time in a long time has to evade someone. Because that's, that's heavy power. A little different than Wilder. It's heavy power. Slow and lumbering, though. So Fury can see everything coming and get out of the way. But this is a guy he can't lean on to sap his energy. So I like that matchup. But that got to wait. Because next, it has to be Usyk versus Fury. Undisputed world championship. I don't care if Fury drops every belt after that. We need, at least for one night, undisputed heavyweight champion. And I'm excited to see that fight. I know a mandatory was named for Usyk again for one of his other fights. Hopefully, he doesn't have to stick by that. If he does, cool, go do that. Fury needs surgery. Said he's going to get surgery on his hand and his elbow. Then he can get back training, get in good shape, eating right. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Usyk knock out the mandatory in, let's say, February, March. And then let's go overseas in June. And, and let's get this fight done. And Fury's only out six months. And right back into it. Usyk will have three months between fights. If he does it in February, March, so we got April, May, June. Yeah, three months. He's good. Let's get it. Let's make that fight happen by the summer. We're talking about the Middle East. I like it. And then Fury says, by the way, if I handle business here, yeah, I'll fight Wilder for a fourth time in Vegas. Won't we like that? I'll watch Wilder Fury again. Oddly enough, you want to see Wilder, Joshua, next. Wilder can fight Andrew Ruiz. If he knocks Ruiz out, he's automatic challenger for Fury in the belts. His camp's like, ah, we'd rather face Joshua. I think that's the right, I think that's the right way to go. He's had a belt. Does Wilder need to be undisputed? No. He's older. Go get the money. Go do the bigger fights. Do you want to lose to Fury again? Not saying that he will. But there's a good chance of it. Why? Go beat everyone else up. You go to the UK. Beat Joshua. Rematch clause. He comes here. Because, trust, if Wilder knocks him out in the UK, Wilder Joshua at the Barclays, here? Insane. Insane matchup. Doing one and one. Who cares about the belts now? They're at the point. Who cares? It's for legacy. Let's see the best fight the best. So the heavyweight division is shaping up quite nice. We'll, we'll see how all that goes. But Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk has to be the first domino to fall. Then everyone else can get into place. This weekend, though, man, oh, man, is it packed full of boxing. And I'll leave the boxing fight that I'll be at for last um, in terms of December 10th dates coming up. But I will start with Terrence Crawford, David Avenesian in Nebraska, BLK Prime. Black Prime is Andre. I don't know which one it is. Pay-per-view. I'm setting the over-under, 4,000 pay-per-view sold. 
Let's go five. Better number. 5,000 pay-per-view sold over under. We're never going to get a real number. I don't think any bars are buying this. There's a UFC pay-per-view. There's a free ESPN boxing fight. Why buy a pay-per-view? I'm taking the under on 5,000. Under on 5,000 pay-per-view. Now, nah, there's not 5,000 people watching. People will find a stream. People will bootleg. It might be on Fight TV. Shout out to Fight. My people over there. Hopefully, if there's 5,000 sold or 4,000 sold, hopefully it's all on your platform. I like those people. I doubt anyone goes to BLK Prime to buy this fight. I don't even know the website. I don't know if they have an app. But if you go to Fight and you want to watch it, I think it's going to last six rounds. The more that I've watched Avenesian, who I think is a good fighter, but Dre said it from the beginning, his level says he's nowhere near Crawford. And Crawford can't go in there and play around. Because he played, talking about playing with his food, Crawford does that habitually. No need for that. You're making 10 mil for this fight guaranteed. They already sent five. You don't get paid by the hour. You don't get paid by the minute, Mayweather says. You go in there, you get him out of there, you make a statement. And then you go back to Spence, you go back to PBC, you go back to Al Heyman, and you say, make it. But now I got another pay-per-view under my belt. Now I got $10 million for this fight that's nowhere near this. You got to at least double that. But let's get this fight done. And I think that's what Bud will do. It's not going six rounds. Bud is going to go in there and take him out quick. Avenesian has never seen anything like then on the undercard, Chris Cyborg, Gabby Holloway, four rounds. I mean, Cyborg's trying to get a Katie Taylor fight. But you're fighting four rounds against now. Like, how fast can you jump to 10? Granted, it's two-minute rounds. But 10 two-minute rounds still is long. When you're in there throwing them, long. Against one of the best top three women in the world. So Cyborg dares to be great, and I like it. And Bellator and everyone allowing her to box and so many options. Kayla Harrison and PFL have extended uh, some type of offer as well. Seems like Cyborg has a lot of options where she can go. But it's intriguing that she still wants to do boxing along. Because we've seen a lot of the other like veteran MMA people come through and make a good living in boxing. I'm not sure if that translates to the women's game. But we, we really haven't seen a woman influencer like Jake Paul level come over and be like, yo, I'm a boxer now. So maybe that's what it'll take. Because that's what really boosted the MMA people. It, was, it wasn't them. MMA people been trying to box forever. They do all right. Connor aside, more celebrity than anything. They do okay. Not great at all. But when Jake decided to start fighting MMA people, oh, that was influencer versus MMA. None, neither are true boxers. That's when they get in their, into their niche. So, Cyborg would be better off finding someone who's an influencer than Katie Taylor. But what do I know? I'm not sure she can find an influencer. I want to fight her. Uh, another fight, Josh Warrington, Luis Alberto, Lopez in England for the IBF title. Warrington's winning this, but I mean, I always like watching Warrington fight. Featherweight division is very interesting right now. Um, you have a guy like Stephen Fulton, I believe, moving up to that division here shortly. So it's a division at 126 where the belts are wide open and someone's looking to gather those belts. Shakur bounced from that division quick. Um, 
Navarrete, I believe, is moving up to 130 to fight for the belt. Shakur has, so that belt is dropping down. Everything's wide open again at 126, which is sad because I think Fulton goes up. We've had him on this show. He's been looking to move up. He's been at 122 for a while. But he'd be moving and leads into a fight we're going to talk about later, right when a guy like Inouye is looking to move into the division. So, man, I wish he would stay just a little longer. Inouye versus Fulton is the match to make on 122 if they're there long enough for their paths to cross. Then the fight Saturday night, I'll be at Madison Square Garden. Teofimo Lopez versus Sander Martin in the main event. After the Heisman Trophy presentation on ESPN, it cuts right to this. Going to be one hell of a card, top to bottom. When I tell you, Jai Tucker is on the under undercard. Like, he's on the E-plus portion of the card. And he is great as a young prospect. Bruce Shushu Carrington from Brownsville, Brooklyn. Guy got dynamite in his hands, especially for his size. Again, featherweight. That featherweight division really intrigues me. I like it. And Shushu's a guy who can rock it up the featherweight division. As long as he don't grow, outgrow the division, hey, sky's the limit for Shushu. So he's in an eight-round fight. to main event, that undercard portion on E+. Then we get into it. These, this is the future of top-ranked boxing. Keyshawn Davis, he's coming out in an eight-round fight against Juan Carlos Burgos at lightweight. I understand him and Shakur are never going to fight. I think Shakur has a clearer and quicker path to the titles at lightweight. And Shakur's not that big where he got to move up to 140. But I think there's a strong possibility where he allows Keyshawn to get one belt. Shakur tries to collect like two or three. Keyshawn then vacates. Goes up to 140, and then it allows Shakur enough time to possibly become undisputed when that time is there. Or if Shakur, for any reason, gets undisputed before then, say he fights the winner of Haney Lomachenko and becomes undisputed, I think he'll vacate one, two belts. And then Keyshawn has his path to become a champion, and it doesn't interfere with Shakur being an undisputed fighter. But Keyshawn, off his performance at the Olympics last summer, or probably two summers ago now, into his pro debut and everything. Yes, he pops a lot of shit. Yes, he could back it up. And it's, he's going to talk himself into a lot of these fights with guys who are scared to fight Shakur. They're like, yo, I'll fight him, and they're going to mess up. I'm telling you, Keyshawn's not to be played with. It's interesting to see where his ceiling is compared to some of these other guys, but he's right in the mix already, so he's going to put on a show. Then we have Xander Zayas versus Alexis Salazar, which is a tough fight, eight-round fight for Xander. This, this kid is that next fighter from Puerto Rico. We talk about him a lot in the show. If you haven't watched him, you're missing out. But it's not Berlanga, right? Like, if you're looking for the next Koto, if you're looking for the next Puerto Rican great fighter, this is the guy. And you see it every time he steps in there. Keeps growing every time you look at him, growing, growing. So when you look at it here, he's a junior junior middleweight, so 154 right now. Probably stays there long enough to get a title. Then he's right up to middleweight. You look at those divisions, Canelo's still one of the youngest in those divisions. Charlo Twins may be like, Xander's 20. 20 years old right now. By the time he's 25, all these people are gone or they're old. They're ripe for the picking. 
he's getting to these divisions. A lot of these young hotshot fighters we're seeing them come in. They're in the lower weights. They're working their way up. Xander's going to be 160, 168, 175. He has a chance to be a four-division champion and wreak havoc up there because the experience he'll have. These aren't weights outside of the Olympics that we just see a ton of young people come through and dominate. Every year, there's an influx of young talent in 122, 126, 130, 135, 140. Tons every year flooding those divisions. It's not like that at 154, 160, 168. We've seen the same names on the top of that for seven years. Triple G has held belts for a decade. The Charlos have been around forever. Boo Boo's been around for five, six years. Canelo's been up there since after fighting Floyd. These same names. Benavides is the, the young one. And he's so young, it looks like he'll be dominant for a while. But you tell me you don't want a Mexican-Puerto Rican rivalry right there? In the future, five years, when Benavidez is 29, 30, and Xander's 25? What? This kid is, is definitely the future. He has his head on straight. He's only going to keep improving. Once the power shows up, the grown man strength shows up, it's going to be scary. So Xander Zayas, and then big baby Jared Anderson, which everyone pegs as the future of the heavyweight division. Super athletic. He's been Tyson Fury's sparring partner for several camps. This is a guy where... He's trimmed off that baby fat. So big baby is no longer big baby. Grown ass man. And he goes in there and he just looks the part. He moves well. Everything's right there for him to be a heavyweight champion in two, three years. Because again, if whoever wins at the end of Usyk and Fury, they're not keeping all those belts. They're going to disperse. And big baby's going to go belt collector. Here, UK, wherever. Bring it on. And America is looking at their next great heavyweight. After Wilder said and done, it's this kid. And then the rest of the world will send their bill. But Jared Anderson's on one hell of a pace, 23 years old. And then main event, Teofimo Lopez, the take back. Um, Sander Martin is a tough fight for him. We just saw that. Sander Martin beat Mikey Garcia. It's not an easy fight for anyone. Teofimo Lopez is jumping in and like, okay, you're, you're going to get tested at 140. What do you got? But mentally, it seems like he's into this fight. It seems like he's back to where he's training correctly and his life is right. And for Teofimo, the person to beat Teofimo is Teofimo. And that's just the truth. Like, if, if everything around him is good and settled and there's not drama and there's not family problems and there's not health issues or not like that, 100% or close to it, Teofimo Lopez is beating damn near everybody. He's giving everyone hell. He's not an easy fight for anyone if he doesn't beat you. And that's the upper echelon of anyone. So now at 140, it's like, yeah, I want to see this. I want to see what he has. And this is a statement fight. So go out there and Mikey Garcia, who was a pound-for-pound pound guy four years ago, before Spence stopped him, and he really hasn't been the same since. But you go out there and show you could beat a guy he couldn't beat. And Mikey Garcia damn near got a Hall of Fame career. Go out there and make a statement. You stop him. Strike the Heisman pose. Put on the jersey of whoever wins. You go out there and show that you're still one of the best in the world. You're still a pound-for-pound guy, whether they put you on the list or not. You go out there and show that you deserve a title shot sooner rather than later. So it's all about Teofimo Lopez this weekend. I know a ton of fights, a lot of stuff going on. It's Teofimo's time to make a statement. And this is where he can do it. And then last fight, talk about Inouye versus Paul Butler 
in Japan, 2.30 a.m. on Tuesday is when the fight card starts on ESPN, which means, what is that, like 11.30 for me in Vegas? So I get back from New York, and right away I'm covering another it's it's going to be nuts. But if there's any reason to wake up early or stay up, it's so you can watch in a way fight. He has three of the belts at 118 pounds, um, which is bantamweight. And Paul Butler has the other bantamweight title. Becoming undisputed, which we've gotten such a run of undisputed champions. I believe four belt era started in 2000, no, like 1990. But we had our first Champ, excuse me, in like early 2000, for Belterra. We had four through 2017 when Terrence Crawford. Four. So in 17 years, from the first through the fourth, we had four. 17 years. We are now approaching six in four years. So when people say boxing is dead and stuff isn't happening, boxing is better. Boxing is not what it was five years ago. The best are fighting the best. Still may not be all the fights you want, but we're damn near getting all of them. We have three belt champions galore. Two belt champions galore. Undisputed fights. Fury Usyk happens. That'll probably be the seventh undisputed fight. Create in it just tons of matchups. It's an amazing time in boxing. So anyway, I expect to go out there. That's not lasting six rounds either. So if you do stay up for the fight, Enjoy it. It'll be quick. Don't worry. You'll get your sleep in no time. Go right back to bed. Or if you're on the West Coast, go back to bed after that. Get your money's worth. Don't worry about it. It's on plus. It's easy. It's going to knock them out. It's going to be a highlight. It's going to be fun. And then afterwards, it's like, cool. It's time for way to come back to the States. It's time for him to challenge some of the best at 122. Start belt collecting. Them. And that's when his legacy, that's when becoming a pound for pound king, pound for pound champ, that's when testing the power, that's when that all comes into perspective. Because, yeah, you're dominating here and you flew a lot of people out to Japan and you're comfortable and it's your home country and you're just hitting your prime because I believe he's 29 years old. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Now it's time to take the show on the road. Now it's time to do it big time. Now it's time to be a household name. Everyone should know who the monster is. Honestly, you become undisputed here. Now it's time to be Manny Pacquiao. The reason Inouye signed to top rank is because of what, and I'm, I'm, no inside information, but this is just using your eyes. It's because of what top rank did to Manny Pacquiao, or did for Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao was more than just the heart of the Philippines. They made him a star under top rank. A guy from another country who has a country behind him, but brought him to America. He fought here and he became a star in the United States. Because of those skills, because of how everything translated. That's what Inouye needs. Looks like a member of what, BTS or whatever the K-pop group is. A little popish group. That's what he looks like. He looks like a pop star. You bring him over here, you make him a star. Especially for this generation, who's very in tune with Japanese manga, Japanese cartoons, anime. Subtitles? Who cares? They read subtitles all day. It's not even like he has to... Before, it was like, yo, you got to learn English. For what? This young generation is very in tune with that culture. That culture is hot. There's no reason he shouldn't be a megastar in the U.S. And it starts here. 
with his talent, his skill, over the next five, six years, he should be in the new Manny Pacquiao. So you come here after this, you start belt chasing. And you show them why you're number one pound for pound, which he'll probably be after this. Because his fight's way better than Terrence Crawford. So I can't wait. Packed weekend in boxing. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be exhausted. It's going to be tiring. But don't worry. I'm covering it all for you guys. We'll have a recap next week when I get back. That'll be a blast as well. So hopefully you guys enjoy boxing this whole week. I know I will. Answer my question. Let me know what to do in D.C. I ain't forget about that. You let me know. Make sure there's nothing I'm missing. I'm trying to have a good time. I appreciate you all. You, you guys are my eyes and ears. So give me any, any help you can of what to do when I go to D.C. for this Javante Davis fight. In the meantime, I appreciate you all for listening. Myself from the old man Andreas Hale, who's in Mexico, probably having a blast on the beach, drinking a Mai Tai or whatever, hanging out with the wife in this beautiful wedding. I'm sure from him too, we appreciate you all. Everyone here at Blue Wire Studios for holding it down. And the win, Las Vegas, if you guys are in town, come through, watch. We're right here in the lobby. It's so much fun. Studio is amazing. We appreciate everyone. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, our boxing show, which is this one, our MMA show, which dropped earlier in the week, and our pro wrestling show, which is still to come. Three shows every week for you guys, holding it down. Producer Cole Bebe will be back later in the week. We know you guys love Producer Cole Bebe. So until then, we appreciate you all. Enjoy. We're out.